0: Welcome back to Biased Opinion, Episode 5. I'm Seamus Kelly here with PJ Hennessy, and uh, today we're talking about Stanley Cup Finals Game 5 reaction, Uh, talking NBA Finals Game 3, talking Belmont Stakes coming up, Um, a little bit of MLB draft in there, and we got a Biased Bonus Special Edition today. So yeah, let's get right into it. Stanley Cup Finals Game 5. One of the worst officiated games I think I've ever seen in my entire life, in any sport. That was an atrocity. That was embarrassing to the game of hockey. I just need to get this off my chest. Johansson, in the, early in the first period. Well, let's get Blues 1-2-1. One, one, yep. Right? In Boston, take a 3-2 series lead. Early in the first period, Barbashev takes a flying blindside elbow to Johansson's chin. The ref about 10 feet away looking right at the play. No call. Nothing. It looked almost identical to Matt Cookson on... Uh, Mark Savard that ended his career. Then, Torrey Krug gets a flying shoulder five minutes after he passed the puck, straight to the side of the head. No call.
1: That's what you call a flying shoulder?
0: Yes, the guy led with his shoulder straight to the side of Krug's head. Ref was right there. No call. Way after Krug passed the puck. Then, when the Blues scored their first goal, they had like about 12 guys on the ice. The whole starting lineup, all the coaches out there, the healthy scratches are out there, and the refs around their team, they're out there too. They're about 25 guys on the ice. Maybe that's why we need no two No behind No call. Net. They don't call anything. So that's three missed calls. And then the worst of them all, one of the worst missed calls, I think, in NHL history, if you consider the moment and how, how close the ref was and how he was staring directly at the play and how just a blatant missed call this was. Noel Chari is the puck in the defensive zone. Blues guy comes up behind him. Not only takes him out with his foot, takes him out with his stick. So you could call this a slew foot or a trip. It's, it's, it's honestly both. The ref directly behind him. Achari goes flying back, hits his head on the ice. Nothing. Zero. Rush say nothing. Ref don't, ref's got his hands in his pockets, zoning out, looking at the fans, looking at the scoreboard, not paying attention or something. I don't know. And they don't call it Blues score a stupid goal when the Bruins basically had four guys because Achari's lying on the ice because he just smacked his head out of the ice because he got slew-footed and tripped. And there's nothing. The NHL posted this goal online cut out that part of the goal. They cut it right before it so you don't see the missed call. The statement after the game was, oh, well, it's a judgment call and we trust our ref's judgment. Awful. Anyone, every single person in the hockey world outside of a couple Blues fans who I don't think have ever played hockey before or even Blues fans before about three weeks ago when they started winning playoff games, bandwagons, terrible. St. Louis isn't a hockey town, I don't care. What anyone says. Are saying that this is an awful call. Anyone with eyes says this is an awful call. And... Well, Felger and Maz disagree with it, too. They think it was a flop or something. But if you've ever played... If you've ever skated before, if you're not paying... If you're not expecting to get tripped and you're not bending forward and you get one leg taken out by a foot in the skate and a stick, you're obviously going to fall backwards. And if, nobody smacks their head on purpose. Nobody... That's awful, awful take by them. But, yeah. One of the worst officiated games I've ever seen. And on top of that, Marshawn got called for giving... Ben, I think the toe of Marshawn's stick skimmed Bennington's jersey... Bennington falls backwards to make a save or something to cover the puck up. And the refs think that Marshawn mauled Bennington. That's a slash. But a slew foot trip on a charring in front of the refs is no call. It's embarrassing to leak. And also, in, if you look at game three, Tarasenko, or someone on the Blues, I forget who it was, toe picked and they called it a Bruins trip. So it's it's unbelievable. The refs are letting the Blues do basically whatever they want, putting Bruins players players in danger, screwing the Bruins over, costing us goals, where if the Bruins even skate anywhere near a Blues player and breathe, it's a five-minute major. You might, you might get a game suspension from the NHL. It's unbelievable. It's one of the worst. I've never seen anything like it. It honestly seems rigged. It's like the NBA. It's awful. This is terrible.
1: I'm not here to complain about the referees. I don't think the referees cost the Bruins a game last night.
0: First period. They, certainly, they, they, they made it. You, you can say that, oh, you can't blame the referees for a loss, but it made it much 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 harder for the Bruins to even have a chance to win the game when both goals should have been called back for penalties
1: well, I think if you look at the first period from a hockey sense the Bruins completely dominated the first period they and the
0: second period and the third period
1: okay they did not dominate the second and the third I period shot them all three
0: periods they didn't and dominate and them all three periods the
1: first period after Char gets introduced the crowd's crazy you have to score a goal take the refs out of it you have to score a goal you go up one nothing and none of this is talked about so yet when the Bru- the Blues dominated game four they came out and dominated guess what they scored I'm two not, goals at I'm home. I'm not blaming the... They bl- came out and dominated, and they scored two goals on Tuga. Bainton shuts us out. So when you go, you dominate a period like that, and you don't have a goal, you only have yourselves to blame. And there was a power play in there, too, like three minutes after Johansson got hit. So, I mean, how many power plays do you want? We've had five high-leverage power plays in the last two games. Haven't scored on any of them. Haven't looked like scoring on any of them. Power plays, they're terrible. The zone entries, awful. The shot selection's terrible. Marshawn feels like he needs to glide around for the full two minutes. So you want more penalty calls to just watch a crappy power play the whole time? I don't care that you score four goals in game three when you're up five to nothing. Who cares if you go four for four? Oh, Tory crew, four points. Who cares? They can't get it done when it matters in the last two games. So you want more penalties. You want more power plays. They get power plays. They do nothing with them.
0: I'm not saying that the refs single-handedly caused the Bruins to lose that game. Bennington stole the game. Bennington played great. He shut them down. But when you cannot buy a call to save your life, and both Blues goals should not have happened because the play should have been blown dead 10 seconds earlier, both times. That's when you're getting screwed. And the fact that the Bruins get called for everything they do. If the Blues, if you breathe on the Blues player, you get a penalty. It's just ridiculous. And the worst part is, it's all after Barube, after game three, the Blues coach, cr- complained about the ref saying, oh, we never get penalties. And all of a sudden, we're going to penalty for everything. And now all of a sudden, they're calling the game completely differently since game three. And then, after Game 5, he has the audacity to say, I'm not here to make comments about the referees. When, less than a week ago, he was crying about the referees after the game. It's unbelievable. The referees are afraid of Craig Berube. that's that's... pathetic. It's embarrassing to the entire NHL. This is a disgrace to the NHL. These referees should never be allowed to ref any level of hockey ever again. They clearly are either blind, stupid, or getting paid by the Blues, or afraid of Craig Berube. There's no other explanation. It was unbelievably bad. The last two games have been pathetic.
1: Okay, so and I'm this- not
0: completely blaming the loss on that. The Bruins need to be better offensively. First line needs to step it up. Although, rumor has it, Marshawn and Poshnak, Poshnak's thumb still isn't right, apparently. And Marshawn hurt his hand in the scrimmage, I guess, people are saying now. And that's why he's been not looking to shoot. And the first line doesn't work unless one of those guys, at least, is shooting. That's how you score goals. Those two guys shoot. And now both of them are hesitant to shoot. Okay, so, well, if
1: they're so hurt, then they shouldn't be on the power play for over a minute 40 every single time. Well, who are you going to put on the power play? Backus? Johansson, Coyle, get them out there more. Whatever. The second goal, just because some guy gets tripped, does not mean that the puck should go in the back of your own net. Carlo, he's out by this blue line. I don't, I don't know where the hell he's going. Corrali, he just gets skated around. Johann, uh, Nordstrom's in the center of ice, doing nothing. And then Krug, he hasn't taken a stride. So you got to play to the whistle. Okay, a guy got tripped. That doesn't mean that they score a goal in your own net. And Tuka could have done better. Everyone in so the thought it was a penalty. The guy that who, doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you give up a goal. It's a 5-on-4. It doesn't mean you stop playing. It wasn't 5-on-4 because Bozak Blues, went to the box. So it was actually 4-on-4. Four four and the Blues skated around and
0: scored because nobody else was moving. It was awful. You, the fact that you're saying that the Bruins did not get screwed on that play is unbelievable. It,
1: it should have been a penalty. One, the power play wouldn't have scored. And then
0: It doesn't two, matter if the power play wouldn't have scored. The Blues wouldn't have scored. You would have forced overtime. The Bruins... Would they have would almost, not have forced overtime. It would have been one nothing final. The Bruins almost had... Triple the amount of scoring chances, double the amount of shots. I think the I, Bruins would have won in overtime. I am th- pretty confident. I can't. am not speaking hypotheticals here, but the Bruins destroyed them okay, in the well third period. Okay, the Blues period, had a number destroyed of, them in the first no, period. The
1: Blues had a number of chances to Bennington make it two. Bennington was wasn't making a
0: hundred saves in that game. Okay, well,
1: if it wasn't for Krejci, it'd be two nothing five seconds. If it wasn't for Bennington, it'd be
0: six one Bruins. Krejci blocked the shots. Six and nothing nothing it wasn't One for the hits reps. the
1: post. They hit the post. Now Tuka made like two or three Bruins saves on the post two two three times.
0: Bruins hit the post three. Don't tell me about a post when the Bruins hit the post three times last night. You cannot tell me about the post. We went to the post three times.
1: Okay, well, I, either way,
0: blaming the refs... And Krejci only had to make that save because Crew was in a headlock on the other side of the defensive zone.
1: Yeah, well, Crew also whiffed and gave the puck away, so with 10, 20 seconds left in the period. So he's only got himself to blame for that and one. And
0: then he was getting headlocks in the defensive zone. You're down to one defenseman.
1: So I think what blaming the refs will do is Take the focus away from the Bruins. I'm not that the rest
0: Bennington played great, but the Blues didn't play that good. Uh, Bruins completely dominated them. And Char- Bennington stole that game. Charlie McAvoy is a you great complain- player. You wouldn't be complaining. You wouldn't be complaining at the lack of goal scored if Bennington didn't have the best game of the entire playoffs that he's had. That was arguably his best playoff game this entire.
1: Yeah, we need a game. Tuca needs to play like that, or the Bruins won't win Game Six. That, Tuka that Tuka has to happen. Tuukka's
0: shown he can play like that. I'm not worried about that.
1: Neither am I. I'm just saying, the goalies. They've there's been. Five games in the series, and one goalie's won one game, and the other's... Have been well, kind of, one goalie and
0: two referees have won one game. Yeah, you're right. Good analysis. Blues did have eight guys on the ice that whole game. So, Bruins got screwed. There's no way around it. You can't argue that. Bruins got screwed, and you can't say the offense was doing nothing when you hit three posts, and you had, what, 40 shots, like 35 scoring chances or something ridiculous. Like, they... Bruins had so many good chances in that game. It was unreal. They dominated that game. And you can't say the offense was doing nothing when they got so close. Just Bennington was shutting them down. And both goal- the defense played great, too. Both goals allowed should not have happened. Should have been blown down 10 seconds of Other than that, the defense completely shut them down. The Blues had, like, one good shift where they dominated the Bruins the entire game. They had one shift where they controlled the puck for more than a minute in our zone, maybe. More than 30 seconds. The Bruins dominated that game. The Bruins should have won that game. Blues stole the game. I'm not worried. The Bruins are clearly the better team, like I said, after Game 3. Or like I said, after Game 4, and like I said now. The Bruins are the better team. There's no way around it. The, Bru- the, only, the last two Blues wins have be, has been a result of Bennington and the refs, and the Bruins playing their worst hockey this season.
1: Charlie they- McAvoy has not been playing well the last two games. Yesterday, in the 2-on-1, first of all, he's only in the position on the 2-on-1 because he like runs into some guy forward in the left corner on the play before. So he's caught up the ice. Then all of a sudden, he's magically in a 2-on-1 after Krejci gives him the pass. And he fired some shot that I would shoot wide. When Krejci was wide open, he could have slid it right back to him. So the Blues, they've been more physical than us. And they've taken Charlie McAvoy out of his game, I you think. Can't
0: tell, you can't say that McAvoy should have slid it right back to him. Whenever he was t- wide open! Marshawn, could have, Marshawn tried to slide it right back or to him. Yeah, like or hit the net! He didn't look like scoring at all! I, know, I agree, he could have hit the net.
1: And Stephen Camper, he needs to get more minutes. Somebody's got to tell me what McAvoy's giving to us right now that Grizzly, Stephen Camper is not giving six. to
0: us. Grizzik's coming back game six. I we need think, Stephen Camper, I think Camper out there Camper's more.
1: We need him out there. Well, more. I don't think it's gonna happen. Connor Clifton's rimming the puck around the boards, and there's nobody on. Him. He's afraid to he get
0: hit. Maybe Clifton gets trapped. I don't. I don't think Cam. Camphor played nine minutes
1: in this thing. game. Clifton played six. So Camphor better. He better be on that third pair. There's one pass in the third period. It went like three lines right up to a guy. Then Camphor trails a play, and then he takes a clapper off the crossbar. We Camper, need more of that. He's played, a simple
0: player. Camphor played good, but McAvoy don't don't is giving either. us nothing more right now than what Stephen Camphor can give us. I, I hate to tell you this, but I don't think Camper's gonna be. I don't think Camper's dressing game six. Camper should be dressing game six. Well, I don't think it's going to happen. you to have to talk to Bruce about that one.
1: He was our best defenseman last night. Except when he, in the last part of the game, he got put with Krug, and he couldn't play well because he was with Krug, who well, was also awful.
0: As bad as the game was, I still think there's some positives you can take away from it. DeBrus finally scored after being invisible for about three weeks. Uh, Tuca actually played pretty well, I think. Tuca's he made a, big saves when he Tugel needed to. Well. I mean, we got a ton of scoring chances. We dominated the play. And, I mean, Chara's is, Char is not out for the playoffs like previously reported on some radio networks. Grizzlick's going to be back game six, well-rested. You can still take positives away. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm honestly still confident in the Bruins winning this series. The Blues are huge favorites right now in Vegas. I'm still confident in the Bruins.
1: Now the Bruins are four. Bruins, and, the Bruins are now 4-4 four and four they don't score a power play goal. I, like you said playoffs. last
0: episode, Bruins have played their best hockey when they're backed against the wall. This whole this team historically their entire run the last eight years has played their best hockey with their backs against all the right. wall. There's
1: three things that need to happen for the Bruins to win Game Six. One, Tuka has to play well. He needs to. He can't give up more than two goals. Basically, he has to play really well. He has to make saves he's not supposed to make. He's got to do all that. Two, fourth line. They have to. They have to score a goal. They haven't scored a goal the last two games. I guess I'm not blaming them for the loss, but the top six guys aren't producing. So the fourth line they have to score a
0: goal. I like the brush from the fourth line. And the press, then, when they put them on the fourth line of their period, was buzzing. And then
1: the third thing is they have to score a power play goal. If the Bruins don't score a power play goal, they're not winning the game. So they have, when they're going to get a power play, they have to score. What's your About, prediction?
0: What's your prediction for the game?
1: I think the Bruins will win, and I think the Blues will win in Game 7. I got Blues in
0: 7. You have Blues in 7? Blues in 7. I think Bruins are winning Game 6 and winning Game 7, back-to-back. Back. Just like 2011. Not worried at all. B's in 7. Marshawn, Pashenak, Bergeron—they're going to step it up at some point. They're going to put a they're going to put a puck in the back of the net, even strength. And when that happens, it's not looking good for Saint Louis.
1: If you were to know nothing about hockey and you were to watch these five games, you would not pick out Marshawn as the
0: player in this series who scored 100 points in the regular season. Well, like I said, I think he has a hurt hand, and his mate also has a screwed-up thumb. And Bergeron is definitely—I mean, Bergeron's always banged up. The line's banged up. And they have to go into the top, the top, uh, top pairing, top four line on St. Louis every single time out there. It's been tough. I'm not lying. They've been underperforming, but they're all banged up. There's no excuses, but you know, and I, and I, like I said, I'm confident, I'll, I'm confident they're going to step it up in game six and seven. Krejci, too. I'm confident. You've got to be confident in your guys. Ruins and seven. I just think not that, worried I think the pressure
1: all. for St. Louis to close it out at home will be a little too overwhelming for them. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the record. I'm going to say Stephen
0: Campher game winning goal in game six. Hockey gods will be on the Bruins side. Stephen game-winner. We'll Kamfer. get some lucky bounces. We deserve it. We've earned it. That was the most ridiculously unfair, unlevel playing field I've ever seen in an NHL playoff game. But time to move on because I don't even want to talk about that anymore. Just so frustrating. Whatever. All
1: right. So the NBA Finals Toronto wins game three. Steph had 47, but it wasn't enough as the Raptors got. Contributions from basically everybody. What did you think of uh, Game
0: Three? Um, I think it shows that Steph is a top three player in the league. I think it shows that Draymond not consistent enough on Fedsley to be your second best player. Uh, Boogie Cousins fell off after a huge game too, and yeah, that's that's what I thought about the Warriors. Steph was a one man team. I, Steph was actually going all the all out. For every ball till the end of the game, even though it was kind of it was, I mean at the end they kind of made a comeback, but it was pretty much a blow up for most of the fourth quarter. So I thought that was impressive. Uh, Kawhi was good, but like once again he got a lot of his, lot of points off free throws I think, and he, like he didn't dominate. Kawhi has been dominating the game. It's the whole the all the Raptors have been contributing. Uh, Lowry, I'm a hater. He had a good first half, did not do much in the second half. I don't think he had a couple buckets, but not really. Van Vliet hit a clutch three rainbow. I mean, it was, a, it was the Raptors' role player stepped up. Ibaka was unreal, six blocks, dominating the boards, dominating the post. Ibaka was a beast. Bogut was the Warriors' best role player, I think. Quinn Cook hit a couple shots. I don't know what. I don't think Quinn Cook played great though. So yeah, I think Steph Curry needs help. I still got Drake and seven Raptors and seven. Like I said, Raptors, their whole team's performing. Warriors are banged up. I think what's gonna happen is Raptors are gonna win Game Four, go up three one. I think Clay and KD will come back after that. Maybe Clay will be back Game Four, but I think Raptors going up three one. Clay and KD come back. War- Warriors tie the series, then Raptors close it out Game Seven at home in front of Drake, who hopefully will be wearing his Del Carri jersey. And Toronto is the NBA champions. That's my prediction.
1: Yeah, I got. I got. I'm gonna switch. I was originally at Warriors in six. I'm gonna move it to Warriors in seven. I don't think that the Raptors are gonna lose three games in a row at this stage.
0: I don't think the Raptors, the Raptors might not lose at any game.
1: Also, I don't know why Clay Thompson didn't play in Game 3. The Warriors basically just threw away a game, when you think about it. Because it was like Thursday morning, reports were out that Clay Thompson is expected to play on Friday. How is he already known to be expected to play if he's that injured? You got Zidane Chara playing with a broken jaw, and yet Clay What's Thompson wrong? has That's a, NBA has a little bruised thigh and he can't play?
0: What does KD have? I don't he's know what has. has been KD out for like has. a month. I don't know what he That's has. That's the NBA. And the, the thing about the Warriors, they can afford to do that, usually.
1: They, can't. They, they threw away a game. I mean, they basically they, just they threw off, that game they, away. They bit
0: off more than they could chew, but now they know. Now they know that with Steph by himself going up against an actual legit team for once in the finals, not another one-man team, they can't, they can't win with just Steph, I no was, matter how good he is.
1: I was really impressed by Kyle Lowry. He's, he was the heart and soul of the Raptors that third game. Yeah. Throughout the regular season, he plays better on the road. He can't handle the pressure in Toronto. Nothing wrong with that. He averages 16 points mm. per game on the road. Only 12 points per game at home this season. And also, Kyle Lowry, after zero days rest, he has eighteen point six points per game. I know there's one day rest, but Kyle Lowry, he's feeling it now. He's got he had twenty three points, five three pointers. I expect him to have a big game four as well. And he was, I think he was the one who was kind of dominating the ball, leading that offense throughout the most of that game.
0: Kyle Lowry, I mean, he he had a good first half. I mean, he was saw he had shots in the first half, but Kyle Lowry's shots aren't gonna fall forever, especially in the playoffs where he's like a career forty one percent shooter. Kyle Lowry's not gonna. Kyle Lowry can't keep this up. Kyle Lowry was so, so far I, in the Warriors' I, head. At the same time, I'm still confident because Kawhi hasn't dominated. So when Kyle Lowry inevitably falls off, Ibaka inevitably falls off, Danny Green inevitably falls off, inevitably falls off I'm confident that Kawhi will step up and dominate, and that's why I think we're after 1-7. But at the same time, the Warriors were incredibly shorthanded. I don't know the names of half the guys. Like, Jarebko was playing big minutes at the end of the game for them. Again. Jareb should not be playing at all in the NBA Finals. So, I think it was a great win for the Raptors, but I'm not going to overreact. I still got them in seven, but... Kyle
1: Lowry was so far in the Warriors' head that one of their, like, owners or investors worth, like, $2 billion, $2 billion. Yeah, that was... Pushed him
0: on the side of the court. I I have no problem with that.
1: You have no problem with just some random guy reaching over two seeds and pushing a guy?
0: The guy's an... He's an an old... He's some old, frail old guy. Who cares? It's Kyle Lowry. I thought Kyle Lowry was... He's a professional athlete. That should not... You should not be rattled by a little love tap to the shoulder. Come on now.
1: The dude got... He's, like, banned for a year and got fined 500k. He he owns
0: the team. He's gonna... He'll find a way in there if he needs to. Who cares?
1: Also, I thought Gasol set the tone very early on. Boogie Cousins, he was completely dominated by Gasol. Completely ineffective. Just Whenever Boogie no. would do a layup, he would go in, brick it, and throw his arms up at the referee. Gasol and Boogie before Cousins no, His arms were up at the referee before he even let go of the ball knowing he'd
0: miss. I, I don't want to hear about... Boogie was the, completely ineffective. I don't want to hear about the, the two worst big men on either team. Marcus All is not... Marcus Ibaka Saul. is much better than Marcus Gasol. Boogie has been played better than Boogie last game. I don't care what Boogie I don't think you realize how All.
1: good a player Marc is. He's like a three-time all-star. He's like... Spanish league champ Spanish league MVP Marcus All was It was a close beast. game
0: So they took Gasol And put Ibaka in And then the Raptors Went on a run And dominated the rest of the game That's all I'm gonna Gasol say Gasol
1: was plus 14 Ibaka was then,
0: zero Who closed zero. out the game Who closed out the game I think for the it
1: actually Gasol Was in there for the last Four minutes
0: For the last like a minute Because they were up by 12 By that point Because Ibaka had six blocks In three minutes I don't care about Marcus Gasol He's I've, not even the best Big man on his and team then I also, And I don't I, care about Boogie
1: I worry about game four I worry about the Raptors Whether they're gonna show up or not or if in their mind they already got their split and tonight could be a completely non-competitive basketball game, you get that a lot in the NBA playoffs,
0: non-competitive games. Yeah, but it's against the Warriors. Nobody, I feel like not many teams are gonna show, are gonna come out flat against. No, not many teams are gonna have a no-show against the Warriors. You always want to. It's the Warriors. They've been dominating the league the last four years, whatever, five years. I don't know.
1: I'm predicting a double-digit win for the Warriors tonight. I think the Raptors will basically give them the game. I don't think the Raptors will be.
0: I think Raptors win oh, a close throw. one. Is Clay? Is, do you know if Clay is playing?
1: I think he's going to play, yeah. Oh,
0: all yeah. right, I'll take Raptors in a close one. Kawhi Buzzerbeater. Kawhi Buzzerbeater? Yeah, I'll take that all day. Kawhi's going to finally take over a game.
1: All right, moving on to the uh, MLB draft. I think it would be uh, right for the Bias Opinion Sports Podcast crew to give uh, Sean Mellon a shout-out. He's uh, from Norwood. He was drafted by the LA Dodgers in the 14th round with the 431st overall pick. He led Norwood High School to... A D1 title in 2015, struck out 14 in the championship game, pitched a complete inning. He followed up his uh, championship with a senior season where he had a 008 0.68 point, 0.68 ERA, my bad for that. He had 84 Ks over 51 in the third innings. First Nord resident to be drafted since Noah Hannafin, went fifth in the 2015 NHL Draft to Carolina. Sean Mellon looks like the, left, the Dodgers will be getting a very good left-handed pitcher.
0: He might be replacing Clayton Kershaw in a couple of years. nor legend. Uh, nor baseball legend. Good stuff. Yeah. Shout out to Sean Mellon.
1: And I think on the day that he got drafted that the uh, Dodgers lost the game and the bullpen kind of blew it. So maybe they could have used the lefty and lefty guy to uh, close up that game. So shout out to Sean Mellon. Now moving on. Or do you have anything else to add about the MLB draft in general? You had a couple of takes on that.
0: Yeah, I you don't know. Personally, not much of an MLB draft guy, um, but decided to watch this year and don't really know why a catcher's going on number one overall unless it's like, because the only catcher I, I know to go number one overall is Joe Maher, one of my favorite players ever. Love Joe Maher. Always love Joe Maher. And I just don't, I just don't know how you can take a catcher first overall when that's clearly, like the Red Sox won this, the World Series last year with Sandy Leone, a catcher. You don't need a good catcher to win baseball games. You, you could get Sandy Leone for... Like, Maybe I don't know. Th- what is Sandy Leon making? Probably may- less than, like, 2 million.
1: Maybe the thinking is that if you have a good to great catcher, you have an advantage over the rest how of, how the game of the league. How did that work for the Twins catcher? the last
0: 20 years? Not well. Joe Maurer. And Joe Maurer. That's Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer is once in a, a Hall of Famer. talent. Yes. What are the odds this kid becomes a Hall of Famer? Like, he's probably really nasty. And my, I've taken nothing away from this guy. I've never seen him play. Cannot make an argument on how he plays. But I just don't think you should draft the catcher first overall. And, uh, a Vandy boy went fourth overall. Uh... Getting compared to Ken Griffey Jr. If I think if you get Ken Griffey Jr. comparisons, you should be the first overall pick. Personally, he led. I think he led college baseball on home runs. Yeah, I would I take.
1: Th- I think the kid from Vanderbilt's gonna be pretty disappointing. When he went to the White Sox. There's gonna be more people watching his games at Vanderbilt than there will
0: be at the White Sox games. Yeah, I also think that this is kind of unrelated, but I don't think the White Sox should play in Chicago. I think the White Sox need to relocate. Chicago does not need two baseball teams. They have the Cubs. Nobody cares about the White Sox, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: All right, well, moving on to the uh, big horse race this weekend, we got the Belmont Stakes, which is in New York, I believe, right? Yeah. Belmont Stakes. Seamus, you're you're a big horse racing fan. I believe it's your favorite sport. The races <laughs> really get you interested. It's pretty much the last big race in the calendar, other than maybe the Louisiana Derby or something. Yeah. Up to you.
0: What do you got? Um, I got, I'm taking Intrepid Heart, I think the horse's name is, uh, 10 to 1 odds. Trained by Todd Pletcher, three Belmont Stakes wins for him, four second place finishes. Great trainer, loves the Belmont, and uh, I'm taking Intrepid Heart because ten to one odds are pretty good. Uh, it's not like you get to, I I don't bet on two to one horses. You know, that's, there's no point in that. It's no there's no fun in that. You don't win any money. Intrepid Heart ten to one, uh, kind of unknown. Didn't race in the last two races, I guess, but um, he was I guess Intrepid Heart was bred to for the Belmont. One of his parents. Won the Belmont and the other one of his parents has three kids who won the Belmont and it's been trained by Todd Pletcher Belmont trainer and I'm just I'm confident in am heart that's my pick I got feeling how about you PJ
1: I'm I'm going with master fencer he's eight to one he's a Japanese horse Japanese horses have never won on an American triple crown race but I think this will be the year where master fencer he makes history Japanese breeding it's more built for stamina-based races. This race is long. It's a mile and a half. Not a lot of horses are going to be able to, to compete in this race, I don't think. He finished sixth in the Kentucky Derby. I think he had a good last stretch. And his post position is three, but he's, he's not really a speed guy, so I think what he's going to do is he's going to get out early and control the tempo of the race. And I like Master Fencer to pull it off for Japan, and I think horse racing will see a Japanese Overseas champion. horses
0: don't win big races like this in the past. Historically, overseas horses, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't have been on an overseas horse And, uh, yeah, Master Fencer. And Master Fencer has better odds than Intrepid Heart somehow. Intrepid Heart built for this race. Intrepid Heart's inexperienced. We haven't seen
1: Intrepid Heart since the Peter Pan Stakes.
0: We haven't seen Master Fencer since a 7th place finish in the Kentucky Derby.
1: It was actually 6th place. If there was a year for a crazy thing to happen in horse racing, like an international champion, I think it would be this year. Kentucky Derby, we've seen horses bumping into each other. Uh, We have the belt on the uh, Preakness where there's jockeys falling off. I think... What horse racing needs to do is something similar to the MLB. The MLB has this whole let the kid kids play thing. I think what we need to see in horse racing is let the horses race. If someone's going to bump somebody, that's fine. If a horse is not going to have a jockey, let him race. I think if something crazy happens, let it be. Let the horses race. That's what I want to see at the Belmont. I think in general, this is a big race for horse racing. The sport, they need a clean race. There can't be any more disqualifications. There can't be any more jockeys horses. This race right now, there's no Triple Crown threat. The Kentucky Derby champion, Country House, decided he was just going to pack his bags. He's into the sunset. He's done. So we can't have any more of that for horse racing in the future. And then, the advertising of the races. The Belmont was advertised based on the failures of the Kentucky Derby. The Bel- no, the Preakness. The Preakness, sorry. The Preakness was advertised based on the failures of the Kentucky Derby. And now the Belmont is being advertised by the pandemonium at the Preakness. Just because a jockey fell off a horse. So I think... No more disqualifications, no more joculous horses, no horses running in the wrong directions, no collisions, no horses not getting out of the gate. We need 10 horses competing in a good race, a clean race that goes all the way to the end. And I think that's what the sport needs.
0: Yeah, I think, I get what you're saying. The last two races haven't been the best for the sport. Uh whole year hasn't been the best for the sport. But saying that since there's no triple crown threat, it's hurting the sport. This also, is why I think Bob Baffert ruined I also horse forgot racing. to
1: add There's no Bob Baffert In this race Bob
0: Baffert The best horses
1: horse. Are not in this race
0: Bob Baffert who, if, the, if Bob Baffert Had the best horses Wouldn't he have won The last two And have a triple crown threat He
1: has that's two triple crowns In four years Which exactly. hasn't happened and In that, 40
0: years and Exactly And that ruined horse racing Because now People like you Casual horse racing fans All you want is a triple crown Every single year What's the point of a triple crown If everyone wins it every year can
1: we at you, least get the guy who runs in the Kentucky Derby to run in the Preakness? The what about the,
0: that? At the end of the day, the sport's about betting and winning money on horses. It's not about, oh, Triple Crown, Bob Baffert, Triple Crown. but Nobody cares about that. That's boring. The only people that care about that are people that don't care about horse racing. I get what you're saying that, oh, the national audience won't be as big because there's no Triple Crown threat. And I get you saying the Preakness and the Kentucky Derby, the Kentucky, the Kentucky Derby, uh, the finish or whatever, was obviously didn't help the sport. And the Preakness, the guy falling off, that was kind of... Messy race, but saying that since there's no triple crown threat will hurt the sport of horse racing is that's a bad take. You don't need a triple crown every single year. The sport was fine without a triple crown for forty years. I don't know why you think all of a sudden now there's no triple crown threat in twenty nineteen, the sport's done.
1: Let the horses race. Master fencer, bring it home, Japanese champion. First time ever.
0: Probably not, but sure. Let's see. See how it goes.
1: Alright, welcome to this week's episode of Bias Bonus. We got uh, 20 Bias Bonus questions for you this week on a Friday. Last week, Seamus she- and I were both 5-5. Five and five. Seamus is now 16-24 and 24 overall. I am 22-18 and 18 overall. I'm on the rise. So let's get right to it. Number 1, under-20 World Cup quarterfinal.
0: Who advances, USA or Ecuador? Uh, I'll take USA. I'm not picking against USA.
1: Yeah, USA. They beat France in the round of 16. And Ecuador kind of got lucky against Uruguay. All right, number two, Starkville Super Regional Best of Three Series. Who wins, Mississippi State or Stanford? Uh,
0: I'll take MSU. Don't really want to bet against the SEC.
1: Yeah, I'm a big SEC guy, and Stanford hasn't faced an SEC baseball team all season, so they're in for a lot of trouble. Number three, Fayetteville Super Regional Best of Three. Who wins, Arkansas or Ole Miss? I'll take the Ragebacks. I'm going Ole Miss. Arkansas choked last year in the championship, so I think. And Ole Miss beat them two times already in Fayetteville this year. All right, Will. Two of these teams sweep in their respective Super Regionals, UCLA,
0: Vandy, and LSU. They play Michigan, Duke, and Florida State, respectively. Uh, I think UCLA will sweep Michigan because I don't like Michigan in anything. And uh, I think Vandy will sweep, too, because Vandy boys. So, yeah, I'll take a yes there. I'm going to go no. I think
1: uh, Michigan, Duke, Florida State, battle-tested. They're not going to go down without a fight. Number five, uh, UEFA Nations League final. Who wins, Portugal or the Netherlands? Portugal. No, I'm not picking against Ronaldo. Uh I think the Netherlands are a better team. I'll go with the Netherlands. Number six, Women's World Cup is uh starting today. Uh will China will Germany beat China by two goals or more? Um I
0: go no. I think China will put up a good fight.
1: <laughs> I'll go yes. Germany uh, ranked number two in the world. Um uh, more women's world cup. England versus Scotland. Will England lead at halftime and win the game? Um I'm gonna go
0: no. Rivalry game. Scotland will come yeah, to play Yeah, I think
1: I think rivalry game, Scotland might park the bus. I like Scotland there. Uh and then the last Women's World Cup one. Will Canada and Japan both win against Cameroon and Argentina? Um.
0: Yeah, I'll go yes. I don't really know there. Just going yes. I'll,
1: I'll go yes, too. Canada Japan both ranked in the top 10. Argentina Cameroon ranked outside the top 30. All right, a couple of Belmont Stakes ones. Higher finish, Sir Winston or
0: Everfast, both 12-1? to 1. Uh, I'll take Sir Winston because, I don't know, I think his name's kind of go creative, I guess, or funny. I don't know. I'll
1: go Everlast. He finished second at the Preakness. Um, Belmont Stakes, will the winning horse finish in under 2 minutes and 30 seconds?
0: Yes. I'm going no. Horse, gonna be the Trapid is going to be flying around the track. No.
1: Master Fencer is going to control the pace of the race. He's a little slower horse. So I'm going to go <laughs> no. Um, last Belmont Stakes one, will War of Will and Tacticus both finish in the top four? They're both the two favorites. Um, I'm going go no. One of them's going to choke. I'm going to go yes. Tacticus. Taticus was rested at the Preakness, third at the Kentucky Derby. War of Will, Preakness champ. Should have been the Kentucky Derby champ. I like War of Will there. All right, over-under, 36.5 points for Seth Curry in Game 4.
0: Um, I'll take the over. Seth Curry's balling, playing his best basketball right now.
1: I'm going to go under. Kyle Lowry locks him up. Over-under, 29.5 points combined between Gasol and Lowry in Game 4.
0: Under. Way under.
1: Oh, I'm I'm going over. Um, Kyle Lowry way better on the road. Gasol's just a beast. All right, higher total. Kawhi Leonard's three throws made plus steals, or Golden State Warriors three point field goals made in games four and five. Um, I'll take.
0: Hmm. I'll take Warriors threes. I guess.
1: Yeah, I'll go Warriors threes as well. Um, to the Stanley Cup over under three point five. Bruins power plays in game six?
0: Under. The refs hate us. Under. The are screwing us. It's rigged. I'll go Still over. Still going to win, though.
1: Over, because we complained a lot. Uh, Stanley Cup. Will Bergeron, Pasternak, or Marshall score five a 5-on-5 five goal? Empty netters do not qualify or count for this. Uh, yes. I'll go no, because you keep telling me how hurt they are. Yeah, but they're going to overcome it. All right. To the last three. RBC Canadian Open. Will a Canadian finish in the top five? Um... I'm going to go no. Yeah, I'll go no as well. Kind of tough to finish in top five in golf. There are a lot of guys up there, but it's still, still pretty hard. All right, women's French Open final. Who wins between Ashley Bartley versus Marquetta Vonderosa? Uh,
0: I'll take uh Barty.
1: You want Barty? I'm going to go Vonderosa, 19-year-old from Czech Republic. She's won every match in two sets. And the other girl, Barty. She's only faced one ranked opponent. She's not battle-tested. This is... That, that's, that's the lock of the week right there. Party. 19-year-old Vonda Rosa. All right, last two. French Open final. Will Rafael Nadal win the French Open? His opponent is still to be determined as the semifinal match between Dominic Time and Novak Djokovic is tied at one and postponed until Saturday. Um,
0: yeah, I like Nadal. Yeah. Doll.
1: King of clay. eleven time. French Open champ. 11-1 final. He's pretty clutch. Last one. Will the French Open final go to a fifth set? Has not happened since 2004. Um, sure.
0: Let's make it exciting.
1: I'll you going to make it exciting? Yes. I'm going to go no. Nadal's just going to clamp him down. Nadal it's Djokovic.
0: It's a classic matchup right there. They'll go five sets. All right. Yeah, And uh, that's it for episode five of Biased Opinion. Remember, follow us on Twitter at biased underscore underscore opinion. Um, and we'll tweet out links to every time we have a new episode. So, yeah. Thanks for listening big episode coming tuesday after a uh, bruins win um yeah stay tuned